Hi. Good morning. Good to see you. It is so good to be back with you today. I um, just wanted to say a special thank you uh, for allowing my family and I to be gone over the last seven Sundays. I can't believe it's been that long. I spent some great time on sabbatical and just really heard God. I want to say thank you to all those who have been praying uh, for me and and while I was gone, God has really spoke to me and to us about what's next, and I'm excited to be sharing that with you in just a few weeks. Uh, but uh, God has been good, and I just wanted to say a special thank you uh, to Pastor Adam, who's been holding the fort down for the last few weeks. Let's give Adam a hand. Thank you so much. And Adam has done a great job speaking as well as uh, just leading things while I was gone, and Adam actually was gone for a couple weeks, as all of you, or most of you probably know, and uh, we also wanted to say a special thank you to Pastor Garrett and Pastor Age, because they did a phenomenal job teaching. Um, So I wanted to say a special thank you to them. We have a great church, and uh, thank you so much for giving us the time to be away. But you know, we've been, you guys have been very busy while I've been gone, and I wanted to just this morning just to share with you some of those things that you guys were able to accomplish uh, while, while we were away. And I can't see it there, but I can see it here. Uh, folks, you know, we, we've raised money every year to send kids to camp. And uh, this summer, we had nine students, uh, between the three weeks of teen camp, nine students accept Jesus Christ in their heart for the first time. So we want to give God a hand for that as well. We had 29 kids pray the sinner's prayer at children's camp over the last few weeks, over the last two or three weeks. So let's give God a hand for that. That is awesome. I was told by Pastor Thomas this morning that our fifth and sixth grade boys' devotion time, especially the last night, um, was a true encounter with God. And we had one sixth grade boy fill a call into full-time ministry. And so we give God praise for that. Let's celebrate that. That is awesome. We had four uh, people that were baptized uh, the two, in two weeks. We had one college student, uh, the lady who uh, Ralph Hauser led a team and went and built a tiny house for. You might have heard us talk about that several months back. She uh, came to our church and she was baptized uh, not, during this time. And then we also had two high school students get baptized and profess and testify that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. That is awesome. Let's give God a hand for that. And so we celebrate that. And uh, some of you may or may not know that Pastor Garrett and and Andy, who are teen pastors, they've been having something called Saturday Night at the Stalders this summer, kind of building off of camp. And they've had 14 to 16 students Every single Saturday. And so we celebrate the shaping and the discipling that's taking place there. And then Pitnaz at the Park took place as well this summer. This thing happened and you guys didn't miss a beat. And so let's give God a hand for all that he's done this summer. And so we celebrate, we celebrate that. This morning, uh, I'm just, just overwhelmed. It's just so good to be back. And my wife and I were talking. We, we visited several churches while we were gone and, and, and 
my wife and my kids said, Dad, I can't wait to come back. We like our church the best. And so uh, I mean that sincerely. It's been awesome. And so uh, today I just wanted to share with you, we've just seen this, this summer how God has been multiplying um, just planting that's taken place. I remember, I don't even know how long ago, it was nine or ten years ago, uh, Pastor Jim began to share the vision for you know, paying for our kids to, to go to camp, and we see how God has multiplied that. We have a, 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 a man, a young man on staff that uh, was a part of that uh, vision that God poured into him and began to, to just uh, do some amazing things. We see other people who've been called to ministry. We see people that have been baptized. We see all these things, and God is just multiplying his presence in our church. And we want to see him continue to multiply his presence in our community. And that's what I want to talk to, to you today about. This is not a series. We're going to start a new series next week called Amazing Faith, um, Following the Master, Not the Math. And so we'll talk about that next week. But today I just wanted to share my heart with you for a few minutes today about this idea of multiply. Um, it's a kingdom thing. And so today, uh, if you have your Bibles and you want to go with me, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. Uh, and we'll be looking at several different verses there. And uh, so if you have your Bibles and you want to go, Matthew chapter 25, excuse me, Matthew chapter 25. And it's a familiar parable. But in this story, Jesus is explaining what it means to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, he's illustrating exactly what, is the, what the kingdom of heaven is about. And he's kind of explaining not only what the kingdom of heaven is about, but he's also paralleling it to how much time we have left before Jesus comes back. And so what we find in this story is in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells this parable. And Matthew, who was a, a tax collector, uh, someone who didn't have a, a great reputation, someone that people didn't think a lot of because of his occupation and his reputation. But Jesus looked past his occupation and his reputation and he saw more than just a tax collector. Jesus saw in Matthew more than just a sinner, more than just someone that people didn't think a lot of. He saw a disciple. He saw someone who had potential. And he began to invest in Matthew. And, and when the world saw a tax collector, Jesus saw a disciple. And so it's fitting today that Matthew records the story that Jesus tells. And he gives this parable about this boss, if you will, this employer that, that is preparing for a long journey. And while he's on this journey, he explains that the kingdom of heaven is illustrated through this story. And so he says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. And he calls together his servants and he entrusts them with his money that he has, with his wealth, with what he's accrued, with what he's worked hard to accomplish. Remember the first time you allowed your, your child to drive your car or to go out on a date without you there or, or to do something that was, you know, you trusted them with something precious. Just the other day, Noah's kind of mowed the grass here and there over the last couple of years and I said, Noah, just go out and get the gas. 
put it in the mower and mow the yard for two reasons. One, you need to know how to do it. Do it. And two, that way I don't have to do it. <laughs> so he goes out and I kind of look through the window and he mows the entire yard. He doesn't mow that yard if I didn't entrust him to do that. So this boss entrusts this money, this possessions to these three servants. And we see in this story that he gives five bags to one servant based on his ability. And he gives two bags to another servant based on his ability. And he gives one bag to another servant based on his ability. And what we find is he leaves on this trip and doesn't really say how long he's gone, but he's gone for a while. And then at some point he comes back. And as he comes back, the boss begins to get with each servant and figure out what's taking place. And we see that servant one has taken the five bags that, that Jesus has given or that the key, this boss has given him. And he's invested those five bags and he has now ten. And he gets with servant two and, and servant two was given two bags and he finds that servant two has invested those two bags and now he has And now he has four bags. And then we see servant three, which is where we want to park for a little bit today. Servant three is given one bag. And he didn't invest it. He dug a hole. And he hid the master's money. And I wonder this morning, as we see this playing out, Jesus explains to the first two servants, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And what we find is so interesting about this story is when God gives us and when God gives us stuff and we do well with it. Sorry, I gotta see this because I can't see that back there. Oh, you got it up there now. All right. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a smallest amount. So now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. There's rewards for those that multiply what God gives them. And then we see servant three. After he explains to him, you know, I didn't really do anything with your money. I just dug a hole. The king says, your money's going to be taken away and you're going to be thrown in the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It seems kind of harsh. And then the servant with the one bag of silver, he comes and he says, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. Let's read it together. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Here's your money back. Let's read those first blue words there. I was afraid. I was afraid I would lose. I was afraid I would lose. Say it with me. I was afraid. 
Fear is a powerful thing. Rather than investing this money, we see this servant number three who hides the money. I think sometimes in our lives, when God is calling us to to multiply or calling us to reach someone else or calling us to do the hard thing or calling us to say yes to something that he has for us, Satan would love nothing more than for us to be filled with fear and and filled with doubt and to be filled with worry and, and to just kind of maintain and just to kind of keep what we have. But Jesus says to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be what? Taken away. What is Jesus saying about the kingdom of heaven through this parable? The boss had money but he didn't want his workers to rely on what he had been given, but he wanted them to multiply what he had, been, what he had given them. It's important for us to, to realize this morning that at the very beginning of this scripture that was just read and kind of gone through, in, in chapter 25, verses 1, the first part of verse 1, Jesus starts this parable with, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is illustrated by... In other words, Jesus is telling this story to communicate to these people what the kingdom of heaven is about and how much time we have left before Jesus returns. Parents and grandparents, have you ever told a story with a point? If you've watched Andy Griffith before, you know that there's always a moral to the story. And what we find in this story is is that Jesus is trying to explain what the kingdom of heaven is about. And in order to do that, he tells the story and he kind of uses the boss as an example of Jesus. And he uses the, the, the three servants as believers. And he uses the bags of silver as the talents that we have. And he, he uses the different examples of what the servant do to display um, what some of us do with our talents. Some of us, God gives us talents and we use them. And others of us, God gives us talents and abilities and, and gifts and we don't use them. And to me, what seems so Hard to fathom is why is God so hard on servant three? He didn't take the money to Vegas and lose it. He didn't multiply it, but he he didn't lose it. But if you're looking at this story through the context of heaven, and you're looking at this story from the fact that Jesus is coming again. He's coming back again. That's why we celebrate the nine students that were saved at teen camp and the 29 little kids that prayed the sinner's prayer because Jesus is coming again. The most angry that I get at Luke is when he gets too close to the road. We have a, We live in town and we're always fearful that he's going to, he loves to ride his bike and we're always afraid he's going to be in the road and not pay attention. In a, why does dad get so mad over me being in the road? Why is Jesus so mad at his believers, at his followers? Because of what's at stake. 
Why do you yell at me when I get in the road? Because of what's at stake. Why are you so upset that I'm not multiplying the kingdom of heaven because at what's at stake? You see, the kingdom of heaven is about multiplication, not stagnation. The kingdom of heaven is about multiplication, not stagnation. Say it with me. The kingdom of heaven is about multiplication, What if five years ago we said we didn't want to reach more folks? That would have been in 2013. That was the last year Pastor Jim was the lead pastor here. What if Jim said, you know what? 330 people is as as many people as we want to reach. We don't want to get any bigger because we don't want people to think we're about numbers. We don't want to see people from here on out get saved and join the congregation. We, we've got a healthy church as it is right now. The average church is about 70 people, which would be about this section here. And, 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 and you know, if we, if we get much bigger, we're going to have to go to three services And if we go to three services, I'm not going to know everybody in the service. And this is just it. What if if we just stopped multiplying and we just said, this is it? And we wouldn't have reported this last year that we averaged 500 people, not attendance. Attendance makes it sound like we're we're about numbers. People. One, two, three, four, five, six people. People with lives and stories. What if we said we don't want to multiply? What if we said that five years ago? What if last year, when we had the opportunity to purchase this house over here, two two houses from here, What if we said, you know what, we really can't afford to do that. We don't really want to use up any savings or any money that was donated for that. We don't really want to stretch out and do that because we're already, God is doing some great things here, right here. Why do we need to do that? It's going to take more volunteers and resources. And you know, I'm just tired. Y'all aren't over there all the time. But God has done some amazing things in the lives of college students. One of them's interning right back there right now. What if we said we don't want to multiply? We don't want to we don't want to reach more people. This is big enough. This is reaching enough people. What if Ralph Hauser and Mamie and the rest of the team said that they didn't want to go into Baxter Springs and help a lady who didn't have running water, whose house was falling in? What if they just said, we don't want to build a a tiny house for her? That's the lady who we built the tiny house for. She was baptized 
however many weeks ago. Her name's Mary. You don't have to know her. She doesn't have to go to your service. She's in the kingdom of God. What if we said, you know what, five years ago, 330 people is enough people. And Mary's not baptized. And Ashton's not in the back booth. What if we said thirty to $40,000 is too much money to send kids to camp and Garrett may not be sitting here? Folks, God is calling us to continue to multiply the gospel. The kingdom of heaven is about multiplication, not stagnation. Say it with me. The kingdom of heaven is about multiplication, not stagnation. The harvest that we are experiencing today in our church. I know it's summer anywhere in the world. Doesn't matter what church you go to. The summer people are gone. But we are experiencing a harvest in our church. And the reason that we're experiencing a harvest in our church is because we planted five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. In 2020, our church will be 100 years old. The average, size, average lifespan of any church is 70 years. And we are past that lifespan by 30 years And God is thriving our church. But the reason that he's thriving our church is we keep multiplying. To keep seeing a harvest, you got to keep planting. My brother, we were in Maryland visiting my brother for a couple of weeks. And he's got a really awesome garden. And my youngest son, Luke, just fell in love with helping him. And the reason that they keep having cucumbers every summer is because they plant seeds Every summer. You don't get cucumbers from two years ago planting. You get cucumbers from planting now. This season. The kingdom of heaven is about multiplication. Not stagnation. I want to share this quote with you. Nick Saban who is a coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I don't know how many bowl championships they've won. I know it's like six. And he won two or three at LSU. And somebody went to him and said, why do you have so much success in your program? I mean, you guys win year after year after year. And if you're not winning, you're right there. He said this, success is not continuum. It's momentary. In other words, we give them 48 hours to enjoy the bowl game that they won. And the coaching staff, especially, is focused on the next year. Because success in 2017, winning a championship, doesn't mean you're going to win a championship in 2018. We've seen God do some great things. I've grown up in this church since I was about 11 years old. I was away away for 10 years, but 
Outside of that, I've been here since I was 11 years old, and there's been stories and amazing things that have happened in people's lives and people's hearts. And what if we said, let's just ride that. Let's just ride that momentum. That's why churches die after 70 years. Because grandma or dad or uncle had an experience 15 years ago. And that's all we have to live on. Folks, what, def- what God defines as success, what, what this story is talking about in light of the fact that Jesus is returning, and each one of us, are, as if, if we're believers, if we're followers, is going to stand before God and give an account. I, I gave you the ability to sing. Did you sing? I gave you the ability to encourage. Did you encourage? I gave you the ability to listen. Did you listen? I gave you the ability to speak. Did you speak? If you aren't using what God has given you to build God's kingdom, then you are building your kingdom rather than the kingdom of heaven. Listen to this. Moses was given a staff. Aaron was given a voice. Noah was to build a boat. David was to beat a giant. Esther was to use her beauty to approach the king. Daniel was to pray in the lion's den. Paul was to plant churches. Jesus was to carry a cross, be nailed to it, and raised from the tomb. Imagine if Moses didn't use his staff, Aaron didn't use his voice, Noah didn't build a boat, David did the math and said, I'm too small and he's too big. Esther said, I'm too scared to pray, to approach the king. Daniel decided to follow the rules and not pray. Paul decided not to plant all those churches. Jesus didn't want the pain of the cross and death. Doing nothing wasn't an option for them and it isn't for us. God uses people to multiply his kingdom. God uses people to multiply his kingdom. Stagnation is doing nothing. And it doesn't sit well with God. Here's your one bag back, God. I was afraid, so I hid it. Fear can cripple us, while faith empowers us. Are you, feared, are you filled with fear or filled with faith? God wants to use you and me to multiply his kingdom. One more person. I want to just say this from my heart today. If I hear one more person say that I'm too focused on numbers, I'm going to throw up. Because every one of those numbers is a person with a story, with a story, with a soul. If Pastor Jim would have listened to that comment five years ago, Mary's not baptized. Well, you know, I just think it's too much money to send these kids to camp. Nine kids were saved, teenagers. Twenty-nine kiddos prayed the sinner's prayer. Well, they were too young. They didn't know what they were saying. Do you know that? One student was in the dorm and felt God call him into full-time ministry. Can you put a price on that? 
The kingdom of heaven is about multiplication, not stagnation. So here's the application. Here's the step today. What if you begin to pray? No, I'm serious. Not just, yeah, that's, that's a good thought. What if you prayed in faith rather than fear? Jesus, help me reach someone. And you can't count your kids because God's given every one of us. Though you, you are, by default, responsible to bring your kids to Jesus. And if you don't, if you don't do your best to, to share Jesus with your kids, I realize we all have a choice. And sometimes we do everything that we can to reach them for Jesus. And they don't want to. And we're not held accountable to that. That's their decision. But we are all held accountable to do our best to share Jesus with our kids. Amen? So while we can say, that's my someone, I would agree with you, that is your someone. But God's calling you just beyond that. Who is someone? You don't even have to know who it is. What if you begin to pray, God, Jesus, help me reach someone. And if you've already reached someone, like many of you probably have, Lord, help me to reach someone else. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says it's okay to retire from sharing Jesus with people. Folks, we are going to be about multiplying. And and I just want to, God has spoke to me so clearly, probably the most clearly he's ever spoke to me in my life when I was on prayer retreat. And on Don't Miss Sunday Fall Edition, we'll all be gathered together at the Bicknell Center. He's put together a five-year plan for our church to continue to multiply. You do not want to miss that Sunday. It's going to go way beyond five years. It's going to be a very important day in the history of our church. Let's read this together. The kingdom of heaven is not about multiplication. Or excuse me, is about multiplication. Not stagnation. Say it with me. The kingdom of heaven is about multiplication. Let's stand together this morning. I want to ask you a question as the band's getting ready. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Would you consider, and you don't have to answer this out loud, but I'm asking you to answer it in your heart. Would you consider to begin to pray daily? God, use me to reach someone for you. I hope that's our prayer, our prayer today, that we would build His kingdom, not our kingdom. That was my prayer today. God, may we build Your kingdom. God wants to use you in some big or small, probably in most cases both ways, to multiply His kingdom. Just in this 830 service, look around and see how many chairs that are empty. Who do you know that can come with you? And more importantly, who do you know that you can invest yourself, God's Spirit, in? 
Lord Jesus, we thank you today for who you are. Father, thank you that you love us, that you care about us. Father, it's so amazing, Father, to serve alongside a church that is so generous. But Father, may we not get complacent and stagnant, Lord, because you're doing some stuff. But Father, may we continue to plant and continue, Lord, to cast seed so that we can continue to see a harvest. Do something in us that only you can get credit for. Give us a great week today. We thank you in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a great Sunday.